You ain't searching shit, you got a warrant? to Justice Radio, Acumen Law Corporation's podcast. I'm Paul Doroshenko. I'm a lawyer with Acumen Law Corporation in Vancouver, and this is uh, Justice Radio, our podcast where we discuss uh, all things related to criminal law and other legal issues um, that arise from time to time in Canada and British Columbia. And today I'm going to talk to you a little bit about what happens when the wrong people get the job of writing legislation. In this case, I'm talking about Bill C-46. C-46 is a bill that's been presented and now passed uh, by the legislature uh, in Ottawa, the House of Commons. Third reading was on October 31st. It was a scary day indeed. And uh, it makes substantial changes to the criminal law. And mostly, the largest impact is the change to drinking and driving law. Now, the first thing at the outset, I should say that this piece of legislation, we've criticized it from the beginning, but it is vulnerable to the first criticism, which is that it's an omnibus bill. It changes so many things in the law that it really makes it difficult for people who are considering this legislation to be able to understand all of the implications of it. The conservative government under Stephen Harper were widely criticized by the liberals for passing omnibus bills, and now we see the liberals full-on hypocrisy mode, doing the very same thing, passing legislation that changes things in all sorts of, of different realms and making it so it's impossible to do a full consideration of it. We looked at it and we could see that the drinking and driving law changes in the criminal code were substantial and frankly ridiculous, badly written legislation that's going to lead to all sorts of future litigation. And we talked about what happened in a previous podcast, what happened when the Conservatives changed drinking and driving law. It ended up costing Canadian taxpayers millions of dollars, didn't really get them ahead uh, in, any, uh, in any way, shape or form, and uh, it ultimately led to lots of delays in the justice system uh, and huge problems. I can tell you Bill C-46 is going to cause greater problems, but today I'm going to focus on um, just one small section of it that I think is emblematic that really explains the problem. This came to light to me when Sarah Lehman and Kyla Lee of our office went to Ottawa to present to the Parliamentary Committee dealing with uh, this aspect of this legislation. They presented with another lawyer, an uh, Ottawa lawyer named Michael Spratt, and he made a, uh, an interesting point. I mean, there was too much of this law to even be able to discuss in the time period that they were allotted. Michael decided to sort of catch on to this one issue that uh, I hadn't recognized when I had originally looked at it. And I went back and looked at it, and, and I was shocked to see it, as were the people who heard about it when he was presenting. And that is this. In Canadian law, historically, the presumption was that if you were over 80 milligrams at the time of driving, you were impaired by alcohol. Well, they made a change in this new piece of legislation. This is the first substantial change that I'm going to speak to, and that is that it's no longer that your blood alcohol concentration has to exceed 80 milligrams uh, at the time of driving. It's now an issue that your blood alcohol concentration has to be equal to or exceed 80 milligrams within two hours after ceasing to operate the motor vehicle. No longer is it over 80 at the time of driving, it's over 82 hours after driving. 
So if you're tested many hours after that, they may want to try and back extrapolate to the time after your two hour window after you were driving, not just when you were driving. That's a shocking and, and ridiculous and unnecessary change. But when you start to look at some of the other changes and how that worked with them, it becomes even more uh, disturbing. So if you start with that change and then you move on to one of their evidentiary matters, they call them, they say that for the purpose of that change, if the first sample of breath was taken more than two hours after the person ceased to operate the motor vehicle, the person's blood alcohol concentration is conclusively presumed to be the concentration established in accordance with that subsection plus an additional five milligrams of alcohol in 100 milliliters of blood for every interval of 30 minutes in excess of those two hours. So what does that mean? It's a complicated thing. What they're trying to do is what's called retrograde extrapolation. We have scientists who come and do that right now in court. Uh, they may testify as experts to say what your blood alcohol concentration was if you were tested and it's four hours after. But what they've written here in legislation is that you're presumptively guilty on this formula, adding 10 milligrams of alcohol to your blood alcohol concentration for every hour. So essentially, looking at this, you could drive home at noon, you, a police officer could knock on your door at 7 o'clock, drag you down to the police station at 8 o'clock, you provide a sample that says zero, and then they can back extrapolate adding 10 milligrams an hour for every one of the eight hours for the time since you drove to get you to be equal to 80 milligrams in 100 milliliters of blood. How ridiculous is that? You could be zero. You could have not have had a drink for 20 years. Yet you're guilty because they waited long enough to add 10 milligrams an hour to your blood alcohol concentration from the time you drove. And they made the change uh, to say that if your blood alcohol concentration exceeds 20 milligrams of alcohol in 100 milliliters of blood, then they could apply that formula. Essentially what this means is this. You could be driving home lunchtime on a Saturday, have a small accident, deal with the police officer on the scene, police officer has no reason to believe that you've been drinking. The officer says, okay, I don't have time to complete the accident report. I'll, I'll, I'll drop it in the mail for you or I'll drop it off at your house. You say, fine. You leave. You drive back home. Six o'clock at night, the police officer comes. It's towards the end of their shift. They're going to drop off that accident report. They come to your door. Well, they smell an odor of liquor on your breath. At that point, the police officer makes a demand for a breath sample and you are detained, taken down to a detachment and required to provide a sample. And you provide a sample that says that you're 30 milligrams of alcohol. Then they can apply their formula, add 10 milligrams an hour for every hour since that police officer dealt with you for the accident earlier in the day to the time that you were driving, maybe to the time within two hours after you were driving, to get you up to 90 milligrams, 100 milligrams, or, or equal to 80 milligrams. This is a ridiculous change. It is a very unfortunate thing because retrograde extrapolation is problematic in the first instance because it's not really reliable. The uh, publications by the leading experts in alcohol absorption and elimination tell us that it's a guessing game for a lot of reasons. It's an issue of absorption of the alcohol in your body that can be affected by what you had to eat. Uh, elimination of alcohol is going to be affected by the time period, how much alcohol you consumed, your physical condition, your health, whether or not you're sick. There's all sorts of things that can play into it. But instead of accepting the fact that the science is, uh, tells you that it's unreliable, our Parliament, the House of Commons, uh, have decided that they're going to ignore the science and just go straight to legislating it, uh, legislating a formula 
and legislating a formula where an innocent person can be guilty. This is one of the dangerous things, I say, when you sort of hand over the task of coming up with legislative policy to lobby groups such as Mothers Against Drunk Driving or police officers who are angry when they think that this is the reason that they didn't succeed in an impaired driving investigation. And this is just one small change, one of the smaller sort of hidden in there parts of Bill C-46. We discussed it further when Sarah and Kyla presented to the to the House of Commons uh, Parliamentary Committee on it, and I would encourage you to listen to that. I could spend all day basically tearing apart this legislation. Unfortunately, I don't have the time to do it because it's an omnibus bill, and that's not my job, and the opposition uh, is not really capable of doing it because they don't really know what they're dealing with. I don't think the government has a clue what they're dealing with either. In any event, that's our podcast for today. Thank you very much for listening. I'm Paul Doroshenko with Acumen Law Corporation. If you have a legal issue, particularly one that involves the police, you can contact us, vancouvercriminallaw.com, acumenlaw.ca. 